by Becker Gray. Hellfire Club contains five full-length novels by best-selling author Becker Gray, including Wicked Idol, Callous Prince, Brutal Blue Blood, Ruin Center, and Sweet Devil. Walk the halls of the most exclusive prep school alongside the band of friends. Meet the bad boys of the Hellfire Club in this exclusive box set. The hottest guy in Pembroke wants the headmaster's daughter. The popular prince obsesses over the bookish girl. The British heartthrob pursues the scholarship girl. The heartless playboy towards the aloof princess. The villainous bad boy tempts the good girl. A forbidden romance full of angst and delicious desire. Wicked Idol is unputdownable and so scorching hot it will melt your Kindle. You're not going to want to leave Pembroke Prep. That's the Hellfire Club box set by Becker Gray. It's out now. Go grab it. Welcome back, lady listeners. Hey, lady listeners. We are back with the second installment of Marriage and Madness by Trisha Wolf. And before that, we have some lady listener emails to catch up on. And there was something else I wanted to mention. Oh, this is why I held these up in the picture. These are called eclairs, but they're made by Cadbury. You can get them in the UK. They do not have them here in the US of A. Thank but God. the reason I got these was because I ordered them from a place. It's called Brit Superstore. You can find anything in the UK on this website and they will ship to America. We don't uh, need this information. I'm telling you this information <laughs> because, information. listen, you're going to hear this because I ordered on November 17th and I got the box today. That's how Jeez. fast that fucking shipping was. They were faster than my Amazon shipping. Let I love those caramel eclair things that you just held up. Like no Eagle other. sent me with some one time and mm-hmm. I ate like the whole thing and my jaw ached and I could not stop eating I them. may have gotten you a bag for Christmas. I'm oh, not going to say yes or no, but I may have gotten you a bag. I'm okay. going to put it in. I'm just sending you food for Christmas. So oh, that's why I'm just going to send you a whole box. I'm sorry, but also you'll love it because there'll be the cheese crackers and the eclairs. Yeah. So you can go from salty <laughs> to sweet. <laughs> But anyway, so it's called Brit Superstore. You can go in there and you can sort by Christmas too. And they have all of their Christmas stuff. And I will say that they absolutely, UK has the game locked down on Christmas treats. Like Mm -hmm. on specialty Christmas bundles, items, advent calendars, special chocolates, like everything you can think of that's holiday seasonally done. The UK does it better. I don't know. Maybe another country does as well. I've only been in the UK and around the holidays. So I haven't been to another country around the holidays. Maybe like I've been to Spain, but not in Christmas. But so maybe there's like another place that does it. But in my experience, if you want like Christmas goodies and like candies and cakes and stuff like they're the place to get it. So, I mean, some of their stuff is weird. Like, I don't get mince, mince pies. That Those are terrible. But other stuff, like the chocolate eclairs, you can get those year-round. But they do have, like, special Christmas. Hold on. I have this. This box is huge. I will say, just um, a trigger warning on it, <laughs> the shipping is unreal. <laughs> 
So this box, it was $60 to ship this box. But keep mm -hmm. in mind, I ordered it on the 17th, and today is the 21st, and it arrived that fast. This is the box. That's a big box. Look at this fucking box. This That's is a, a big-ass box. Yes. This box was $60. I should look how much it weighs. I didn't even see. What's nine kilograms? I don't know what I that know is in pounds. But I did something by mistake. I ordered... I ordered 25 of these by mistake. <laughs> there, it's, it's a good thing because I really like them. But they're the Galaxy Cookie. Oh, yeah. I might throw one in there, too, for your box. Just because I've got 25. <laughs> Cut it up on my But, like, I don't know. Like, I ordered, and I ordered a couple of bags of the eclairs, and they sent me this. There's oh, like, my God. Look at this. There's, like, so many bags in here. Can you see all these bags in those? Of the eclairs, it's like a, I got ordered like a gross apparently. I don't know, yeah. but it's like I mean, I, I like you can buy whole things. There's like individual yeah. bars in here. I know those are crunchies. Oh my god, it's like so they do this thing on dairy. I learned about it from Dairy Girls and from Eagle, but in Ireland they had this thing called the Christmas cupboard. Maybe they do that through Europe, but. It is on Dairy Girls, so I'm thinking it's Irish. But they have a Christmas cupboard where I guess it starts in the fall. You start to buy Christmas treats, like all these amazing Christmas treats that they have at the specialty things at the store that they only put out at Christmas time. And like cookies and cakes and stuff like that. And you go and you fill a cupboard and that's what you eat from Christmas to New Year's. You just lay around and you gorge on this cupboard. And I'm like, this is my dream come true. So I'm doing it this Christmas. This is part of my Christmas cupboard, even though I've kind of like broken into one already. It's just, it's what it is. Okay. So again, that is Brit Superstore. So just keep your mind off of the shipping while you do it or keep it on whatever you want to do. But you can get a lot of shit for that. Okay, so I just wanted to mention that. Maybe Mel can put the link in the show notes or not. But um, I did start to just add stuff to cart. I just kept adding, adding, adding to cart. And it was like the shipping was going to be like $90. And I was like, I can't justify that. So I kept taking stuff out of the cart until it went down to the next level. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this will work. <laughs> so I love that. I know. So there was all kinds of fun stuff. And you can even get like actual food from there too. Like, like it's like shopping in a grocery store there. They have like Tesco stuff. They have Marks and Spencer. Like they have all kinds of cool stuff on there. So. Just wanted to share the love. I'm not gatekeeping food, okay? That's not my thing. I've never I've never heard of any of those. I've never been a big fan. Like, I get, like, I've noticed when people come over to America and they mm -hmm. come into a grocery store, they're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> yeah. Because when I've gone into, like, grocery stores in, like, the UK or, like, other small places, I'm like, where's all the food? <laughs> Well, you have to go to the right places because a lot of their places are small. Like they will have just smaller shops because, you know, we, we go to bigger cities when we go to Europe and stuff when we've been before or when you and I have been together. It's been to bigger cities. So they have they don't have room for like big targets and stuff, you know. So they kind I don't of know. Like it always gives me down. a kick. Like on 90 Day Fiance when they go to the grocery store for the first time. And I'm yeah. always like. The fuck is this? They're like massive. What so, they actually think is the most interesting is all of our frozen foods. Because they make, oh, yeah. everybody else makes things fresh. 
except yeah, America. I could see that. Like, we have a ton more processed stuff. Yeah, we have a ton yeah. of frozen processed stuff. They're like, mm-hmm. what is all this fried? You put it in the oven? What mm-hmm. is this? Yep. Well, you know, and with them, like, you know, the, like I said, the website and stuff that I got all the candy and stuff from, I like it because they have the chocolates. You can even go to, like, the Harrods chocolate, mm-hmm. like, shop on there and, like, buy chocolates from Harrods. You would always which is really- hoard their chocolate whenever we went. Oh, my God. It was the best. Because when we would go, it was, like, the rare that we would do. And so it was always around the same time of year. And so it was around Easter. So Harrods does a whole chocolate room. And they have these Easter eggs there. Oh, my God. They are unreal. And I've never had anything that's similar to them. And so, like, like even the... Hold on. So these things are called like crunchies right here. Okay. I don't know if you can see it on the package, but like inside is like a honeycomb. Okay. It's like crunchy. Okay. So it's chocolate on the outside. It's crunchy on the inside, but the honeycomb like falls apart. I have tried probably 20 times to make honeycomb. It reminds and me I of cannot those, make it. You know, where you get the honey buns and the Twinkies. Mm-hmm. There's one that's got the crispy cake like that. Mm-hmm. So these are like, um, is it like that on the inside? No, it's more crunchier than that. It's like a, um, like a Whopper. Okay. Oh, okay. That, but oh it, okay. But it's a little softer than a Whopper and it's buttery. Ooh. Yeah, it's fucking good. So that's called honeycomb over there. And for some reason in the UK, it's so much better than you can't even get that here. It's like a little like toffee, but it's not hard. It's like soft and fluffy toffee. It's the weirdest thing. And so I've tried to make it because it really is just, it's sugar and water and bicarb. And it's like getting it all the right way Mm -hmm. at the right temperature at the right time. I mean, you guys, Lydia, I spent hours one day making it over and over and over trying to get it right. And when I finally got it right and it wasn't burned and it came out bubbly and perfect and I broke it and I ate it, it tasted bitter. It tasted like baking soda. And I was like, fuck this shit. I'm done. So I don't know. I just like, I have never been able to make it right. So I don't know if there's just a difference in like baking soda and, and whatever it is we use over here. I don't know, but it's hmm. just, it's not the same. Did you know that, um, random facts that reminded me, you said, I don't know. It's just not the same. Yeah. That for the longest time they were trying to recreate cement like the Egyptians had and how their cement stayed and the roads were like perfect and the pyramids and how long they lasted. Mm -hmm. And they had the formula, like they had, it was this much water, this much, Mm -hmm. this, this, and they had it and it was never, they couldn't get it the same for years and years and years until they realized what kind, I can't remember if it was with salt water or regular water. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it, it was, was like, like that was the difference in that the water. was the difference was the water. Oh, the difference was the water where That's they funny. were getting their water from when they were building back then making their cement. Well, that's why they say like New York bagels are so good because it's the water there that make them so good. Well, I thought somebody, I thought it was backwards. I thought somebody from Jersey shipped in water to New York to make bagels. Maybe that was where it was. Or maybe somebody from New York ships it into Jersey. I know somebody ships water. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I had heard that was why New York bagels were so good, but it was because of the water and stuff that's there. That is just specifically that one. I don't know. Either way. Independence is um, a city where I live. And 
it was the meth capital of the United States for a long time. And I'd wondered because they were rated the best water in the world. And I was always like, that was what it was. That's what made the best meth. (laughs) Somebody call Breaking Bad. (laughs) Is it the water? (laughs) All right. I got some emails to read. Let's check them out. These are all new, by the way. Hey, lady DJs. I know you ladies like a good laugh. So when this happened recently, I knew I had to send in an email. We all know that finding time to be intimate as a couple can be tricky with small children. Our kids are now six months old and 2.5 years old. The toddler struggles to adjust to her little brother and would end up co-sleeping with us some nights so that we could all get some rest. She's grown a lot in the last few months and is now big enough to climb into our bed on her own. Normally, we let her fall back asleep with us and then hubby or I will carry her back to her bed. Well, one night last week, both of our kids were asleep at the same time at a decent hour. A miracle. And rather than collapsing into bed exhausted, we took advantage of the alone time and headed upstairs to our bedroom. Things are just getting hot and heavy when our toddler, who was half asleep or maybe even sleepwalking, appeared in our room, climbs up onto my husband's side of the bed, snuggles down under the covers beside of us, and starts snoring. (laughs) hubby and I are just laying there not wanting to move and wake her up and he leans down and whispers to me this would never have happened in one of your books (laughs) it's true which made us both burst out laughing thankfully the kid remained dead to the world and we transferred her back to her bed before taking a shower together as the bathroom has a lock on the door the next morning I just happened to be rereading one of my favorite MC series Hell's Handlers MCs by Lily Atlas And I got to share a hilarious scene with hubby about a couple who was interrupted by their four-year-old daughter knocking loudly on their locked bedroom door. I won't spoil it, but let's just say it involves animal noises. Highly recommend the series if you're looking for MC books with alphas, strong females, and lots of laughs between the theme and action. I'm glad to say hubby fully supports my reading of romances and enjoys that it gets me all hot and bothered. He'll often ask me, read anything good lately? And wiggle his eyebrows. <laughs> He's a dork, but I love him. I've been listening to the podcast since the start, and I'm so grateful for the work you ladies do. I found my amazing authors through RMR, and I love getting a taste of something new each week. Keep being amazing. I love her. I'm going to say her name, Gemma. I'm just going to call you out. That was awesome. I remember one time, like months ago, Isabel like burst into my room. I wasn't doing anything. I was laying there. I was like, she still burst into people's. I didn't even burst into their room. Yeah. I was like, why do you burst into my room? Me and your dad could be having sex right now. You should have seen her face. <laughs> like that thought had never occurred to her that that happens in her house. <laughs> and she's like, why is not happen like here? that? Like, that's not a possibility that you having sex. Like, you sure right, mom. <laughs> All right. This one's entitled New Author Recommendation. Hey, Lady JJs. First off, thank you for releasing your new AR Taboo books. I absolutely love them. Yeah. I love it. We have three more that are coming very soon. I went and bought them the first day they were available, read them immediately, and did they did not disappoint. Will you be writing more under that name? I sure hope so. We are actually, like I said, we have two written right now. We're in the process of writing the third. So we'll publish all those at the same time. Um, yeah, we think we're just going to. Huh? I said probably before the end of the year. Oh, I thought it would be like in a week or two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's do like, it. 
because we pocket. just started the last of the third one. The other two have been oh, edited. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's only one left to do, and it's already yeah. started, and the covers are all, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, so it I will be out think, very soon. <laughs> it will be out very soon. I actually yeah. think we have too much stuff to release all at once right now. Oh, my like, God. I'm I know. about it. Because mm-hmm. we have the royalty thing bundle, mm-hmm. the fall into love, mm-hmm. the Black have, Friday thing, but that yep. probably will be down by now. We have fall into love. Yeah, it's available only on Thanksgiving, so this is the week after. I don't no, know. No, I'm if talking it's... about the no. The fall into love will be available for a little bit. It's Are you talking Black about the Black Fri- Friday? Oh yeah, the Black Friday one. That, that one, might be it's gone only going to be yeah. That yeah. Be gone by now. Okay. Well, so fall yes. into love. We have cozy three more Christmas books. I know we have all these Christmas books. We have the ta- taboo books. We're just going to hit everybody hard from <laughs> here on out. So just be ready. All right. She said, and secondly, I have a new author. Well, she's new to me at least that I would like to recommend. Oh, this is what I was telling you about the other day. The BJ Man. Her books are short and over the top with possessive daddies. I think she would be great to have featured on the podcast. Thank you for continuing to put out amazing podcasts every week. Listening to you helps me get through my long commute. Keep up the great work. Sincerely, a loyal lady listener, JC. P.S. Leah, have you watched the final season of Dairy Girls? It's so good. I'm sad it's the last season. I was just talking about Dairy Girls. This is like she's reading my mind. That's spooky. But um, yes, so I did watch season three of Dairy Girls. If you have not watched it, if you have seen it and thought, I don't know if this is for me, it's for you. It's it's for every girl that ever went through an awkward middle school slash high school phase. It is kind of hard to understand at first. Just put on subtitles because they're Irish, so they have an Irish accent. So sometimes it's hard to understand it. But their humor is so dry and funny and sharp. And these girls are badass. Is And they're also stupid and <laughs> clumsy and idiotic, but also amazing and brilliant and so full of love. And the season, the series is so good. There's only three seasons. There will only be three seasons. When the woman wrote it uh, at first, she wrote it based on her childhood. And it was the three years leading up to, um, I guess, the, the I don't know what they would call the Bloody Sunday, where it was Northern Ireland and, and the rest of Ireland and all that. So it's about everything that happens in that time period in those three years. So it's just the three seasons. It's an awesome, awesome show. So definitely go check it out. It was great. The, the third season I thought was fantastic. So. So this other email came in and I I saw it because I went through my spam folder, which I do like once every six months. There was like 500 emails in there. I try to go through and scan them all. I don't always catch all of them. I happen to catch this one that was recent. So if you have sent us an email and it's, you know, you feel like we should have responded to and we haven't, please send it again or send it to um, readmeromance at gmail.com. It'll definitely get to that one. But I like to say on the podcast, I want to laugh and I want to learn. So what? You guys can also hit reply on the newsletter. Yes, you can reply to the newsletter. If you get a newsletter and you got something to say, reply. If get you it reply, out. well, get it. You got love in your heart, let it out. So this one is, um, this is on the learning side of things. So I saw this email. I scanned it just a little bit to make sure it's not spam. So I wanted to share it on here because I feel like it's a lesson for me and Mel as well. So And for our listeners. So this is entitled, um, it doesn't have that title. It just says from her. Okay. Hey ladies, I just finished the Gemma Weir week and I'm writing to hopefully kindly educate you and thank you for something from the first episode. Mel mentioned going to a protest where she was with a girl that was quote, a little autistic end quote. I just wanted to explain that that is not an accurate description of anyone who is autistic. 
Either you are either you are autistic or you're not. Also, many autistic people who are considered, quote, slightly or mildly autistic are expected to be able to handle things neurotypical or slash normal people have no issue handling, despite the fact that many things are actually much harder for autistic people. Anyway, my email is to not be judgy or offensive. I just wanted to let you know. I also wanted to thank Mel for staying for the protest because you can't imagine what it means to an autistic kid and their parent. We are left out so often, and so I love that you stayed. One other thing is the girls' posters are likely a part of her autism. Autistic people are really good at telling it like it is and do not have the same reservations about words that the rest of society does. They say what we all, deep down, think to be true, but don't have the guts to say out loud. Okay, lastly, I really want to thank you ladies for being such accepting and open-minded people. I am always blown away by your kindness, your hearts, and your open minds. Lots of love from Australia, from the isolated mom of a beautiful autistic unicorn. I love that. I'm going to cry. No, I like to be educated. I, I did not I know absolutely that. am so thankful that she sent this. And I'm so thankful that I saw it in the spam folder because, like I said, there's 500 emails in there. You know, like I, I just happened to go through and see this one because it was recent. And so um, I say thank you so much for sending that in. I won't say your name on here, but I'll just call her A. But thank you so much, A, for sending that in. And I appreciate you letting us know because, yes, there there's absolutely times that we're going to fuck it up and say something wrong. And I even thought like there is, you know, and I'm, I'm so bad about this because we were just talking about it on Tuesday's episode. And I realized after we recorded, I probably should have phrased it differently. But I know now that some people consider the word like insane or crazy to be like ableist speech. And so like it's such a bad habit for me to call a hero like, oh, my God, he's crazy obsessed or he's like insane obsessed, you know, for me to say those things. And sometimes that can be like offensive. So I've tried to like watch myself and catch those moments. So, But I don't always do I didn't right. realize that, that that yeah. could be. I guess like it's considered like ableist because like that's, you know, a term that's given to people who have, you know, mental disabilities or I guess like, you know, in those situations, maybe, I don't know. Like I, I was reading something about it the other day and I was like, I never really thought about it, but. Um, Do you know that psychopath isn't a real term? Like it isn't a coined therapist It's term. just like a slang? It's something we've made up as a culture. That's what I got from, uh, I follow a psychologist on mm -hmm. YouTube and he does these videos and he'll, he evaluates different things and topics. Mm -hmm. And he says that is not an actual term that they use. They don't call anybody a psychopath. There's a, a Lizzo came out a few months back where she had, to, um, she had a song. I think it was girls. I think it was a song girls she did where she said, I'm about to spaz. And so, and somebody told her that spaz was like ableist speech, that it was offensive. And so she changed the song. She was mm -hmm. like, my bad guys. I had no idea. She went in and changed the song. And they were like, and that's how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. Like when you know better, you do better, you know, like my taught us. So, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate her writing this and absolutely, you know, we're, we're all still learning here. After that episode, I remember thinking about the girls' posters and I yeah. thought about how 
they were a little uncomfortable, but I was like, that's really the point. And you, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, even now when I think back to my reaction of like, make a, holy fuck, it was like, well, that was the truth. It's the truth. It's ripping yeah. the curtain back. Mm -hmm. You're good. You guys, we should be uncomfortable. This is yeah. uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Because these things happen. Yeah. And that was really just ripping the veil off of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so, like, you should be uncomfortable. And I hope men are really uncomfortable right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I just, I appreciate this message and to let us know like how to say this better and how to be more compassionate in our speech, especially for people who are neurodivergent. So, yeah, which I think is just such a badass term. It is. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think that's it for right now. Let's go to Trisha Wolf. <laughs> <All right. laughs> now that we've caught up on that. So, like I mentioned on Tuesday's episode, you are listening to Marriage and Madness. And if you like it and you want more, you're in luck because there is Marriage and Malice. It ties into this one. Marriage and Malice is a standalone dark mafia romance. Um, she has a brand new release that is her smuttiest one yet. And they talk about Dominic in this book. He's mentioned in Marriage and Malice. He's mentioned in that one. Uh, this is his book. So Dominic's book is called Devil in Ruin. It's our smuttiest one yet. Make sure you get it. I know you're going to love it because Trish is amazing. Um, her giveaway this week, she's doing signed copies of The Devil in Ruin and Marriage of Malice. So make sure you check both of those out too. And then enter this week's giveaway. All of that will be in the show notes. Yep. It's down below. Click the damn links. All right. Just do it. <laughs> all right. Let's send them in. See you on the other side. Jingle His Bells by Casey Rose A relaxing Christmas back home with my boyfriend is what I was supposed to have. Instead, what I got was dumped just as I pulled into town. My best friend won't let me sit around and wallow all Christmas, so she takes me to Club Red, where of all the people, I run into my ex-boyfriend's brother. Only he isn't the Zahn I know. He's more commanding, dominating, and sexier than the man I remember. Zion. I have wanted Emma for years, but my brother got to her first. When I find out he's been cheating on Emma, I see red. I need an escape, so I head to the one place where I don't have to pretend. I never expected to see Emma there. When I find out my brother dumped her, I know now it's my chance to make her mine, and I plan to show her a club red Christmas because the only present I want to unwrap under the Christmas tree this year is her. Welcome to Club Red. No matter your fantasy, we can make it happen. We specialize in the forbidden, cater to your wildest desires, and nothing is off limits. That's Jingle His Bells, an ex-boyfriend's brother, Christmas Romance by Casey Rose. Grab it now. Chapter 3 The Moment Violet Against my will, I squeeze my eyes shut as Lucian descends, knife held outstretched. His hand surrounds mine. Then I hear the tear of leather. I open my eyes as he cuts through the belt binding my wrists. I'm pulled upright. The chilly night air caresses my bare shoulders and back and I shiver, my heart knocking painfully against my chest wall. Lucian sinks the knife back into his pocket, then circles his hands around my tender wrists. He tentatively examines the red welts where the leather bit into my skin. Something dark passes over his vision, and for a moment he's lost inside his thoughts. 
When he meets my eyes, coldness replaces the heat I glimpsed just seconds before. Pull your dress up, he commands. I don't lower my gaze from him as I draw my torn straps up and tie them together. I guess I won this round, I say, feeling absolutely nothing like a winner. Neither of us are winning at this game. His smirk is cruel. He adjusts his erection, pushing against his slacks. I swallow hard, unable to think of anything other than what he felt like against me. So close to being inside. When he moves forward and captures me around my waist. I don't struggle. It's tiring at this point, trying to keep this beast from manhandling me. Lucian sweeps me into his arms and carries me to the open passenger side door. He pushes the seat forward and deposits my feet on the floorboard. Sit in the back seat, he says, waiting for me to climb in. I do so grudgingly, sliding against the cool leather until I'm seated in the middle, making a show of pulling the back hem of my dress down to cover my pantyless backside. Without another word, he repositions the seat and slams the door. As he slips behind the wheel, I ask, Why? He turns the ignition, letting the car idle for a moment before he answers, Because I don't trust myself, or you, for that matter, not to push my buttons. He puts the car in drive and veers onto the on-ramp. I'm getting us home without any more delays. Home. He's never once referred to his family mansion as home. Especially not mine. Truthfully, he made it clear I wasn't a prisoner there, but he used the threat of exposing my father's betrayal to my uncle as blackmail, making it impossible for me to simply walk out the front door. Still, I haven't had what felt like a home in a long time. Not since my mother died. I would spend every holiday at the dance academy if I could, the thought of returning to my father's house that hollow. Lucian drives in silence, hands sealed to the wheel. No music, no voiced thoughts of what just transpired between us. It's unsettling, and suddenly I'm thankful to be in the back where I don't have to concentrate on not looking at him, questioning what's going on in his mind. The gates of Lucian's estate come into view sooner than I anticipate, and anxiety fizzes within my veins. As we pull up to the front steps, Mannix is there waiting, hands braced behind his back. A niggling morsel of shame worms around my gut, making me ashamed of how I used him to get Lucian's attention at the restaurant. It wasn't my intention to get my guard into trouble, but, I mean... Really, Mannix works for a mafia crime boss. I'm sure he's been in much worse predicaments. I keep this mindset as Mannix opens the passenger door and props the seat forward. He doesn't extend his hand to help me out. I assume still wary over touching me after the way Lucian reprimanded him earlier. Instead, he simply nods. But I do notice how his gaze wanders over me, probingly, as if searching for anything out of place if I've been harmed. His eyes snag on my torn shoulder straps before dropping lower to examine the marks circling my wrists. I quickly cup the offending, irritated skin. I'm all right, I assure him. Face unreadable, he only nods again. 
Turning toward Lucian, he accepts the car key and proceeds to drive off to park the Audi. As Lucian stalks toward me, I arch an eyebrow. Giving Mannix the night off from his guard duty? He's earned it. He advances toward me and I hold my place, not backing down. Too close, he looms over me. Those stony, pale blue eyes saying everything he refuses to voice in this moment. Then, before I can chance an escape, he grasps the back of my neck and draws me closer. Get your pantyless sweet ass in the house, he rasps against the shell of my ear. Before I'm provoked to tear the rest of your clothes off right here. A dark shiver coasts down my spine at the forbidden promise in his guttural tone. I have the sudden and rebellious urge to defy him and test his dare, to see if he loses the rest of his leashed control. I don't say a word as I move up the steps toward the oak door of the mansion. Lucian opens the door for me, and as soon as I've passed the threshold, his hands are on me. The dare still hovers between us. Which one of us will be the one to break, to submit to the other? But for just this second, with the tension thrumming so high, we both yield to our need. His mouth covers mine, crushing his lips to mine in a desperate kiss designed to burn me to ash right where I stand. I'm all cinder and stoked embers, burning up from the inside as his hands rove over my body with wicked intent. It's painful, the need too demanding. I tear away from his mouth, my breaths aching in my lungs. God, Lucian, just fuck me already. His gaze flares, his breaths as intense and heated as mine. Your dirty mouth is going to get your ass spanked. The words leave my mouth without permission. Punish me then. His growl tears free as he snaps my waist between strong hands. He lifts me into his arms and hauls me across the entryway toward his office. I circle my arm around his neck, then my backside hits the surface of his desk. He makes quick, reckless work of shoving off every object that interferes with his mission before his hands are back on me, his mouth making a meal of my flesh, and I'm his willing victim. Tomorrow I'll confess all my sins. I'll give in to the guilt and let it torture me then. Right now, I can't deny what's between us, and I want to experience it more than I've ever wanted anything. To just let go and fall into Lucian. He can sense my submission and the kiss, how I concede and give myself over. But I can also feel the same surrender from him, how he strokes my arm tenderly, savoring each pass over my skin, driving my anticipation higher. He's giving me what I desire without me having to ask. He's mapping and memorizing my body, reading the cues I'm sending him. I want your ass, he says, a dark demand. He doesn't allow me a moment to process before he grips the backs of my thighs and turns me over the desk. That taunting little ass working so hard, grinding on my seat. He shoves the dress up my backside his rough palm coming down hard on my sensitized flesh. I yelp at the sudden strike. He then massages the afflicted area, digging his fingers into my skin. He dips down from behind, and I feel his hot mouth surround me, 
the stubble along his jawline a coarse erotic friction against my inner thighs. His tongue delves deep to taste me, licking down along my slit and then pulling my clip between his teeth. I almost shatter right against the desk, my hips working to get more attention from him. Please, Lucian. He pulls away and uses his fingers to gather my juices, then goes to the one spot that locks my whole body. I clench against his invasive touch, and he pauses, his fingertip poised at my back entrance. Let me in, Kalen Ba, he says. His voice a soothing request. The softness I hear in his deep voice overrides my fear, and I immediately relent, my body relaxing and accepting him as he pushes inside me. That's it, he encourages. That's my good girl. His praise does sinister things to me, and as he eases a finger inside the too tight hole, he positions another inside my pussy, finding the swollen, achy mound of flesh. And suddenly every erogenous zone on my body lights up. I moan long and hard into the crook of my arm, my thighs trembling at the stimulating pressure. As he begins to move slowly, rhythmically, I roll my hips, feeling so dirty and lewd, but in the sexiest way. Lucian grinds his bulging erection against my thigh, sending me careening toward the edge. That's it. Come for me, Kalen Ba. At his command, I feel my inner walls contract around him, and a tingling, fiery sensation crawls up my back. I arch against the inebriating spasm as pleasure webs over my body, and a hollow, satisfying ache pinches inside my core, spiraling outward to consume me wholly. I'm left, shuddering on the desk, breaths ragged, my breasts and clit achy with need despite the delirium of my orgasm. You come so pretty, Lucian says from behind me. He removes his fingers and spreads my ass cheeks so he can see what I feel wetting my thighs. Such pretty moans, just for me. He smacks my pussy delivering another electrified jolt to my core, and I'm already building again with need. He tunnels his fingers into my hair, his mouth finding the back of my neck. He kisses and licks, nipping the sensitive skin as he grinds his cock against my ass. You're ready for me now, he says, his promised words stoking the fire. Slipping his hand beneath my belly, he wrenches me away from the desk. He lowers himself and hoists me in his arms, carrying me across the office toward his plush sofa. I'm languid as he deposits me on the sofa, my skin still abuzz, my head humming and airy. I should feel ashamed at wanting this man so desperately. But it's as if I've been drugged, his touch a liquid demon coursing my veins. Every fiber of the leather material adheres to my slick skin, and I pull my knees up and inch my thighs apart, an invite for him to take me. Completely. I want to feel you inside me, Lucian. His eyes shudder momentarily at my daring request. 
He meets my gaze with unguarded desire in the bright flames of his irises. Then he unfastens the cuffs of his dress shirt. That sexy action alone ignites my chest, kindling a rampant craving. And I have to remind myself to breathe as I watch him slip off the shirt and move to the clasp of his slacks. A blackwork tapestry of violent skulls and dark flowers swirl the side of one ribcage. A tattooed cross conceals the painful scar marring his skin over his chest. He's beautiful and wild, reminding me why he's feared, why I should fear him. Instead, I'm eager to touch the ink, taste his flesh, scrape my blunt nails across the texture as he bears down on me. Once he's shed every article of clothing, he settles himself at the base of my body, his knees just grazing my toes. As he looms over me, something dark and primal crests from deep within him, and he forcefully grabs the shaft of his cock. He bites out a gruff hiss as he grips the rock-hard member of his body, his heated gaze trapping me in his sights. With the slip of his finger over my tender folds, he gathers my wetness. I arch into him, needy for penetration, and watch, starved, as he strokes my wetness down his cock. The act so erotically illicit it steals my breath. Then he moves over me, his hand braced on the armrest behind my head, his body positioned above mine as he notches the head of his cock at my entrance. Anticipation sparks in my veins, my blood pounding heavily through every artery as my heart races. Bracing himself, he runs his thumb across my jawline before he takes my mouth, kissing me into a desperate frenzy until I'm so lost in the moment, the sudden pressure entering my channel almost goes unnoticed. I suck in a quick breath against his lips, and he stills inside me. He lifts up and studies my features, his gaze heavy on mine. The question is present in the furrowed draw of his brows, and I shake my head. I'm fine, I answer. Keep going, Lucian. Give me all of you. A low growl works free from the base of his throat. Then his mouth is at my neck, sucking and nipping as he devours me. I grasp his shoulder blades, loving the way his muscles move beneath my palms. The power I feel him excreting as he holds back what I know he's capable of when he's not. Lucian thrusts deeply, pushing inside me to the hilt, and as he holds himself there, the intense feeling of my virginity being taken is a heady mix of sharp pain and the sweetest pleasure. My nails rake over his skin as I arch into him, pleading for him to move and keep the ache building. He unleashes a furious string of curses as he rears back enough to draw his hand across my midsection and cup my breast. His thumb plays over my puckered nipple, sending a shockwave coursing over my nerves. Fuck. His words waver in and out. You're so tight. You're going to make me lose control. He grits out each syllable between chopped breaths. Lucian's eyes sear me as he takes in my strained features and I purposely relax beneath him, feeling my inner walls clench and release. Goddamn, Violet. He rests his forehead to mine, pulling out a little just to drive inside me deeper. 
Fuck. I'm going to hurt you if you keep that up. At the feel of him pushing in harder, I release a throaty moan against his mouth, my urgent plea for him not to stop. Say my name again. He groans as he picks up the pace, his back flexing with each thrust. My thighs clamp against his hips. Violet. He breathes my name, and the devastating sound of it uttered from his lips is pure satisfaction. God, baby, the bad things I want to do to you. He thrusts deeper, and I feel every inch of him, hard and demanding, spiking my blood like alcohol. But first, I want to feel you come on my cock. His dirty words excite and thrum over every raw nerve, and I'm panting and yearning, building and ebbing like the most intense rapid. I can't sustain the high while being dragged back under. My breath catches in my throat, and Lucian reminds me to breathe, commanding to hear me scream his name. And that's all it takes. As he drags his pelvis over my clit, drawing friction along the sensitive bundle of nerves, I shatter beneath him. My walls contracting and pulsing as my body flares with a mix of torrent, fire, and ice. The euphoric swell sweeping over me until I'm forced to surface, desperate for air. Lucian watches the production, enraptured, his beautiful face above mine. And I swear I've never once seen a glimmer of awe in his eyes. But that's the only way I can describe his expression. Fixated and entranced like he can't wake from this moment. Tentatively, I place my palm on his chest, resting my hand against the scar that crosses his chest, feeling the deep wound my family gave him. As I come down, the high of pleasure fading with the receding wave, he stares into my face like I'm some otherworldly creature. I've never been worshipped by a man before and Lucian would be the last man on this plane to ever kneel before me. But that's exactly what he does. I'm far from done with you, he says, his voice shaken. Lucian Cross fucks like a madman and worships me like I'm his goddess. Chapter 4 His Ruin Lucian. She's going to be my destruction. This willowy little ballerina with dark tresses who first appeared so fragile and delicate has turned me inside out. Every defiant word, every rebellious flare of her whiskey eyes drove an inch beneath the armor plating my skin. I couldn't even bring myself to think her name before tonight. I despised her that much. And it was I who was bound to destroy her. Now, as Violet touches my scar, her fingers pressed uncertainly to the damaged flesh, her eyes ask a question, wondering if this vendetta will always be between us. And I can't relent. My desire for revenge against her family runs too deep, my lust for blood too ingrained in my nature, the nature the Carpellas cultivated. I want fire and brimstone, death and carnage. But this city could burn around us, and I think I could die in an agonizing blaze amid hell 
as long as she was looking at me then the way she's looking at me now. For one brief moment, while I was inside her, the madness thrashing my mind retreated, and I almost forgot this consuming hatred. I want it back. I want to feel the seething rage toward her as I thrust inside her, bent on decimating her. I want to fuck her with every hate-filled fiber of my being. Only her touch is still here, grounding me in this frail instance where past and future do not exist, and I can claim her, make her all mine, for one more second. Her eyes, wide and imploring, begging me to make sense of this passion annihilating the both of us. I cover her mouth with mine and steal the last dregs of her breath. She moans through the kiss, stirring the embers of my desire for her all over again, and I'm rock hard in a second, filling her soaking channel with my needy length. I could have come inside her, filled her to the brim while her tight little pussy was clamped around my cock, and I was more than tempted. But as she broke beneath me, giving me her virginity, the trust I glimpsed in her eyes shook me to the core. I thought I was the one stealing her innocence. But she's the thief here, stealing the hate that fuels my revenge. As I deepen the kiss, I push deeper inside her, every thrust harder, hungrier, more demanding. Her breathy pants against my mouth roused the monster, her hips rock to match the savage motion of mine as she meets every thrust, driving me insane with need, taking my cock so good, tempting me to see how far over the edge I can take her. Without conscious thought, I gravitate up and collar her throat. I grip the armrest behind her head as I rear up above her, my thrusts coming more urgent, powerful. As I stare down into her beautifully strained face, I clasp her throat tighter, my fingers burrowing against her raging pulse. A wild frenzy tears through me, my skin tingling as dark pleasure coasts down my spine. Her nails sink into my biceps as her eyes widen, her strong dancer thighs clamp against my hips and an inferno ignites beneath my chest the craving to see her lovely features etched in anguish. But underneath her fear, a current of trust still hums. She's not trying to scream, to escape. She's begging me to take her completely. Fuck, I seethe, as a torrent licks over my skin to fuel every enraged thrust. I can't stop. I can't get enough of her. My stranglehold around her throat increases and I see her eyes drift closed as her airway constricts. Her inner walls clench my cock like a vice driving me mad with the need to fuck her harder. Every emotion I've suppressed for the past five years surges to the surface and my cock is a goddamn weapon as I piston inside her with malicious intent to destroy, to annihilate. When I feel her start to crest, her back arching off the sofa, her body trembling beneath me. I lunge deep and rub my pelvis against her clit, giving her the friction she needs to take her over the edge. I battle with the demon raging inside my head as I slowly release her throat. She gasps for her air, and all at once her body contracts around me as the climax takes hold. God, fuck, 
She's so damn tight she almost pushes my cock out. But I dig my knees into the leather and thrust inside her once more, savoring the intoxicating way her pussy clinches hard around me. Oh, god damn, baby. I collapse on top of her, my hips bucking wildly as she takes me with her. I groan hot and heavy into her neck. Christ, girl, fucking take my cock. My balls tighten, and a stream of hot cum surges forth. I rail inside her, pumping fast and hard, then hold myself deep inside as my cock pulses against her tight channel. My fingers damn near tear into the leather armrest, but I keep my body braced above hers as my orgasm fucking levels me. My body coiled tight before it starts to recede. Fucking hell. I've never come so damn hard in my life. I rest a moment, letting the elated drum of my heart match hers as our breaths sink. I bask in the soft feel of her skin next to mine, her body languid and giving as she wraps her arms around me. If I move, if I look at her right now, I'll be lost. Lucian? Her voice is gentle and questioning, urging me to give in to my weakness and raise up. Her damn amber eyes are molten, searing right through me. Did I hurt you? I ask. Bitter resentment festers my concern at the way my heart weighs heavily until she shakes her head in confirmation, releasing me from the torment. I nod once. Then as I start to move away, her hand catches my forearm. Our gazes lock, and a charged current arcs between us. Keeping me close, she doesn't release me. I give her what she needs, at least for now. Shifting my body, I lie beside her and prop my head on my fist. Her hand comes up to sweep aside the damp hair along my forehead. I blink, startled by how I still want her touch. Almost need it. The stillness presses down, the silence waited, and I'm tempted to fill the void. But there's also comfort. Something peaceful that I don't want to disturb, where no talk is necessary. We broke something, but we also built something new between us, and I don't think either of us can decipher that yet. Or if we want to. Because with that acknowledgement comes hard, dangerous choices. As her gaze skims over me, she inhales deeply. The night of my solo debut, she says. Did you send those roses with thorns intending to hurt me? I swallow past the burning ache in my throat, then feather a loose wave of her hair from her neck. I trace her throat, ghosting over the fresh bruises from my fingers. Then I hover lower, to one of the faded scars a thorn left behind. Yes, I answer her honestly. The gravity of her stare spears me. They were beautiful. She embraces my gift meant to deliver pain as beautiful, and she accepts my collared hands around her throat as love. I hold her gaze, clinging to some tenuous hope we can find a way together. 
the most beautiful things in this world cut the deepest, I say, marveling at her striking features, feeling that very real pain slice me to the core. This little ballerina stormed into my world, all reckless beauty and passion, and I wasn't prepared for how deeply she'd cut, how she'd tear my world in two, my desire for revenge and my need for her. I can't have both. I'll go mad just trying, and in the end, she'll be my ruin. So how am I going to marry this girl and deny her anything? The simplest answer is I'll never deny her one damn thing. I'll slay my enemies and bathe in their blood, all while doing everything in my power to protect her from our world. Somehow, I'll find a way to keep her mine. Until I'm forced to reconcile that choice, I'll kiss her and make love to her and savor every blissfully torturous second with her. And I start now. This has been Marriage and Madness by Trisha Wolf, read for you by Wesley Paul. Welcome back. Welcome back, lady listeners. Thank you so much, Trisha, for being on the podcast with us this week. Thanks for giving us marriage and madness and letting us play it and talk shit about you. Just kidding. In case you didn't listen to the rest of the episode. <laughs> but no, seriously, she's amazing. Check out all of Trisha's stuff. Follow her on TikTok and Instagram. She's a hoot. I just I, I adore her. I think she's so special. So up next week like this is gonna be a banging end of the year i'm just I like we're, it's so good because we got trisha wolf this week we've got angela marie hart next week who i just absolutely love friend of the podcast then we have katie wilde which i'm just so fucking shook over that cover for this book i, I can't stand it it's gonna be so good and then we're finishing this shit out we're going hard so the secret baby secret fucking baby <laughs> Stupid. All right. Stupid. Oh my Tell God. what to do. your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind. And read me romance. Read, read me romance.